Welcome back. We've got wrapped up by Cameron Hart with us this week, a brand new audiobook she's brought us. We're super excited. I'm laughing because like you had an ice drink, drink with ice <laughs> right before we started recording. You were like slowly lowering it so the ice wouldn't like tinkle, you know, like. But then I landed it hard on the desk anyways. I know. I was like, we can still hear that. It was kind of cute though. Okay, so before we get into Cameron Hart and all her good stuff and the second installment of Revved Up, we're going to chit chat and I've got some lady listener emails. Something that I asked for the other day was secret confessions because Ooh. I, you know, we we got one. I don't know if people were just afraid to send them in, but just know that if you want to send in a secret confession, it can be whatever you want it to be. I do not see like the email name or anything on it, I just drop it into a folder. And then when it's time to go, I just highlight the text. So I don't know who it's from unless you put it in the email. So it could literally be from my mom and I wouldn't know it's from her. So if you are worried about me knowing or someone else, you're fine. <laughs> Nobody's going to know. How are they going to know? Nobody's going to know. <laughs> no, it's seriously like it, it is anonymous. All right. So but I wanted to say this because I do you ever do you ever read Post Secrets? Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. It's postsecrets.com, P-O-S-T secrets.com. This is a website and it has been going, I don't know. I've been reading them since 2009 because I remember before I got married to Kevin, we would read them together on Sundays. And so every Sunday they post up a page and it's got like, 10 secrets on it just depends on the week and what it is is it's this social experiment that this guy has set up and it's completely free there's no ads on his page you go to postsecrets.com and all you see are the postcards for that sunday and anybody can send in a postcard but it has to be a secret and and it has to be anonymous so you can put whatever you want he just asks you to decorate it or make it creative in your own way or something that's memorable to you And so it's like this art project that he's done. And he has like, I think five or six books now that he's like printed the secrets in. And then he does like touring, like art exhibits where you can go and walk through and read all the secrets. But it's people from all over the world send him postcards. And then every week he just posts them up and they'll have themes. Like it was Mother's Day this past weekend. So it was all about like moms and stuff. And some of them were like, really horrible and some of them are really sweet and beautiful some of them are just like i'm me in spite of you not because of you and like and then the other ones were just like you're my best friend and like i'm 40 and you're still my best friend you know and it was like like it's really sweet and feel good but you know some of them are really tragic and i remember okay so one of them that blows my mind and he actually i think he has it on instagram he has an instagram too now that you can go on and see the secrets every sunday recently he posted up it was a little note and it said it said if you're i'm paraphrasing but it was something about if uh today's the day is basically what the little note said like if you're hesitating don't today's the day and this guy was on a flight and he found this note in the pocket and he said i'd been carrying around an engagement ring and with me all this time he said i got off the plane 
And in the airport, I proposed to my fiance, you know, my now wife. <laughs> and it was like years later that he wrote this in. He sent the note and he, he taped it to a post secret and sent it in and they post it. And the guy that wrote the fucking note reached out to post secrets and was like, that was me. I wrote that years ago. I put it in the pocket. He was like, I used to do this all the time. He said, because I thought it maybe I need this. Mm -hmm. just as much as someone else does. And it was like so awesome. And it was like, like I know it was a really cool moment. I think somebody mailed in an engagement ring one time too. Like they taped it to the paper and they were just like, I don't need him anymore. And I was just like, fuck, <laughs> like they sent that in. I mean, there's all kinds of shit. There was something the other day. Oh, it was a, um, a roller skate, like a, a wheel off a roller skate. And it said roller derby saved my life. And I thought that was cool too. Like there's, you know, really awesome moments and like some really fucked up shit was on there too. And like, I don't know, I just find it fascinating because it is a peek into people's lives. And sometimes you read them and you identify with it and you don't yeah. feel so alone. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, it, it's a really cool thing. If you, if, you know, if you're like, Mel, if you've never heard of Post Secrets, go check it out. Like I've literally been... God, Jesus, what, what year is this? <laughs> like, I mean, like 13 years or something. I've been on this shit. Like, I love it. It's, it's really cool. So anyways, somebody had said something about it and I posted up. I was like, oh, let's do a secret confession. So this one says secret confession. My husband and I are going away for a romantic weekend and we're trying to arrange an erotic massage for me from another woman. He wants to watch. We've never done anything like this before. We've been married 14 years and going strong. I'm super excited, but nervous too. I think that's so fun. I love that. Like, good for them, you know? I don't, I still don't know if I could do it. Like, I don't know if I'd have the, not that I don't trust, but I'm so insecure in that way and jealous. I could do that one. I yeah. can do female on female as long as my, well, I have done female on female. As yeah. long as my husband doesn't touch the other woman. Yep. He can oh touch my God. me, that but was he can't of, touch her. That was one of the Reddit things the other day. This girl said that she met this couple and she was hooking up with the wife because the guy just wanted to sit and watch. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm going down on this wife and I hear a crunch and I look over and this motherfucker's eating chips. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's eating a bag of chips. I can't. I was like, my fucking husband would do that shit too. He'd be like, you know what I need right now? A snack. <laughs> I'm hungry too. <laughs> I'm dying. God. But yeah. I was young when I did that shit. That was like years ago, it feels like. But do you think yeah, you could do it again? Bother me. <sighs> this time it would be more distant. Like yeah. I like the the going away with somebody else is a better idea. Yeah, and I like that somebody too. Somebody that's completely uh -huh. not in your world. Not that this wrecked mm -hmm. this person's relationship with me, but it was just mm -hmm. like, because then they might want to do it and you don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, no, we're good. We don't want to do that anymore. And they're like, but yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. And especially if you go, like you say, if you go out of town, like you go to Vegas for a weekend, you're like, let's just go have some fun. You know, there's no chance that you're going to run into them. But I've at, known you know, from the, the beginning store. what my husband's kinks are. Mm -hmm. And I've known that lesbian porn is something he's into. It's not like, well, that's mind. not a shock for most men to be into <laughs> that either. I mean, to be fair, it's a pretty well, common one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty common. But I've heard some say, nope, could never do it. Nope, nope, nope. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't ever be able to, you know what? Here's the thing. Okay. So, you know, Jesse Williams, did you see like Twitter was a flutter the other day mm -hmm. because he had that picture of him that was taken, which I, I hate that that was done. It was taken in violation of he was on stage. He was in a, you know, production of a play. It was an artistic expression and someone made it into something sexual. And, you know, that's an American thing, too, to sexualize every fucking thing yes. on this planet. But anyway, it's really just a body at the end of the day. I think I even. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw it. I saw the picture and I was just like, this is how I know I'm straight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie either. Because I kind of felt bad that it was out there. But at the same time, I was like, Damn. at least if it's out there, that is that's a good thing to have out there. <laughs> I know. I know, and that's rumors. awful. That's awful. <laughs> it is, but there's worse rumors. He just went up like he wasn't really on my radar before. But like, just I now he's right it. in the middle. I'm like, he's, he's like, right hey. in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know my I, attention. I was talking to Daniel Allen about this today because she said the same thing. She was like, "This was like a this is a you know a breach of his trust." And she was like, "But that dick though." <laughs> and she was like, "And what's crazy is like he's an incredible person. He's an activist. He supports women." Women's right, yeah. like you know, Black yeah. Lives Matter, like all these great, incredible causes, and he's got a huge dick. Like, <laughs> what? Why has he got everything? He's got a fucking Tony Award, like all this shit. And he's <laughs> come on, oh, and he's got a huge dick. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, that's how I know I am so incredibly straight because, I'm like, straight. I've seen a naked woman plenty of times, and I've just been like, oh, she's got a great body. Like when it happened with Jennifer Lawrence. I mm -hmm. felt so bad. That was a different situation too, because somebody stole her, like broke into her iPhone or whatever and stole her text messages, you know, where she was like exchanging naked pictures with someone. And I, that, I felt like that was a totally different thing. But even when I saw her, those naked pictures, I was just like, nah, she's hot. But like this was just like, well, that changes my opinion of him. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I mean, my opinion was always good. I just meant, like, yeah, he he's right like here now. Guy. You know what? When I watched Grey's Anatomy, I thought he was a great actor. I had no idea <laughs> that that was going to be included in there. Oh, God. Okay. This one's entitled Sex and Kids. Oh, God. Um, so, a few weeks ago, or something like that, I get a message about my son. It says, hi, are, hi, are you, insert 14-year-old kid's name, Mom? And I'm like, yes, shit, shit, shit. I'm thinking that he was like smoking or something or he was, she said, and this was a boy mom, LOL. Nope. Our kids have been, oh, it wasn't a boy mom. It was a, a girl mom that was calling her. Our kids have been having some really interesting conversations. I have screenshots. Would you like to see? Oh, God. My she said, sure. Meanwhile, still like, oh, God, please don't make me drug test this kid who is true, who is truly a good kid. She then sends all the screenshots of my son saying things like, are you going to ride the wood or something equally ridiculous? I know it sounds horrid, but I'm relieved by this. Like, oh, it's not drugs. It's just healthy sexual exploration. Was this, wait, is this a boy? Uh, I've wasted safe sex talks because <laughs> he's talking about, he's talking with, with another boy. And she said, and flip to the next screenshot where I realized that the quote unquote girl calls her mom a bitch and he says i think you need to have a conversation with her 
until that point, I was like thinking of how I'd have to research having a gay or bisexual son. Now the girl's mom is totally pissed. And I'm like, my son didn't say anything too bad. He isn't going, he isn't doing anything that probably 90% of boys aren't doing. This is actually okay. Not that I'd tell this woman that because honestly it is somewhat inappropriate, but it also is just a little bit of growing up. I hand him my phone, letting him read and tell him that people are always watching. He nods his head. I ask if we need to have further conversations. He shakes his head. I smile and say, I thought it was a boy at first. He laughed. We talked about respect and love. And my husband just goes, imagine if that were your sister. And he nods. Side note, I do take it all really seriously. There was an eighth grade, oh, an eighth grader pregnant at our school. Small backwoods, poor town, teach teach abstinence because that is the only acceptable option, meaning that they are poor and can't afford birth control. There's nowhere to get free birth control, to my knowledge, and I'm 35 in our area. And it's just not something that is easy here. Every student in our school gets free meals. Students get meals sent home on the weekends, and we have clothing and jackets and backpack giveaways frequently. There are meals given all summer long. It's heartbreaking. That's the end. I just feel like birth control should be a basic human need. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. You know, that's something that's tough because it's like, you know, I I had the luxury. I grew up with a health department and my mom actually worked for the health department too. So that was something I knew very early on that birth control was free. You just had to go get it. Um, I don't, God, that just blows my mind. I don't know. I know. I but but at the same time, I think about that conversation is it's she was right, though. Like it was just a healthy, yeah. maybe, maybe embarrassing, but, you know, maybe embarrassing for her. He could have got on mom. it like, yeah, your mom is a bitch and this. He's like, oh, I think you should talk. That was actually. I know that's actually nice. an adult thing. I know. <laughs> I think she actually did the right thing just by handing her her phone and saying know. people are I watching. Just... I think that's a. am going to take that example and put that in my back pocket mm-hmm. because I feel like that's a great way to handle that i would just think that god that would combat poverty but i don't know if that's exactly what our country really wants to combat but mm-hmm. okay the next one's entitled roommate stories hey everybody first off after listening since the beginning i feel like y'all are my besties now <laughs> i've laughed cried and been horribly turned on in my drive to work and i wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> i love that Now, the reason why I emailed, I just heard about the request for roommate stories. I'll say it's not a horror story unless you can't stand obnoxious noises. It's more of just for laughs to share my horror. About a year ago, I moved into a house where I actually had roommates who have been the coolest people I've met. We call it the commune. All sorts of animals and we all pitch in to help. A little background, we are all mostly in our late 20s, early 30s. Anyway, about eight months ago, The brother slash brother-in-law, who is 20, of the married couple I live with moves in. He is a mess. (laughs) But not my monkey, not my circus. Anyways, he likes to set up his computer games in the kitchen, which is open to the living room. I'd been down in my room when one of my other roommates texted me and said there's some intense breathing up there. Confused, I went upstairs to find what the hell he'd been talking about. Not hearing anything, I sat down to chat with with said roommate, when suddenly there is this hovering, this hoovering noise behind me. The brother has his sound canceling headphones on and has his Lamaze slash Hoover breathing. What is that? Hoover breathing that goes on for like five minutes. No joke. 
Oh, has this Lamaze breathing like, <sighs> it goes on. While he pounds away on the keys to his computer, if I couldn't have seen directly under the table, I would have, I, I would have been wondering what the fuck he had been doing. Then it all stops. I turn to look at my roommate. He just laughs and tells me he couldn't suffer alone. This breathing goes on all fucking night. And when it's not my roommate tortured, tortures me by pretending to do the breathing. Oh my God, he does it to her. Now when the brother is set up with his computer, I cringe and race away to my room to a hermit. Hopefully y'all got a laugh from my torture. Have a great day. I wonder why he did that. Look, why is he breathing so heavy? Is it like a gaming thing? What is this? Is like psyching himself up for something? That's weird. Sounds too intense. Strange. That is so odd. Yes, we'll take all of your your dirty uh, roommate stories. If you have any, you want to send them in, please do so. I think that's it for my emails and stuff. Let me go through Cameron Hart and all her good stuff, and then we'll play the second installment for you. She has got a brand new release for Crossing Enemy Lines. Uh, Don't forget to check that one out. She also writes Paranormal Romance with Shaw Hart under the pen name Sky Adler. I know I mentioned that on Tuesday's episode, but if you missed it, and you want to try out some paranormal romance and you love this book, then you will love everything Scott Adler writes because Sean and Cameron are amazing. Um, they've also created Grown With Heart where they offer deals for readers and promotions and builders for authors. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok or on their website, grownwithheartharrt.com. This week's giveaway is the signed paperbacks of her latest release, Secret Temptations. And that's the whole series. It's all three books in addition to author swag to the winner. So that's awesome. So don't forget to enter that. And let's play in the second installment. All right. See you guys on the other side. Chapter four. Briar. I feel Malachi's thick cock pulse from where it's wedged between us. And suddenly I'm hungry for so much more. I want to feel him moving inside me claiming me, taking me as his own. The rational part of me is screaming that this is too soon, that I'm falling into bed with a stranger and I need to pump the brakes. The rest of me, however, knows that's a lie. Malachi isn't a stranger. He's the other half of my heart. It doesn't feel like too soon to share every part of me with him. In fact, it feels like we should have been doing this all sooner. Shoving those thoughts aside, I focus on the big beast in front of me, rippling with strength and raw masculinity. Your turn, I say with a sly smile. I trail my hand down his chest, feeling the hard muscle beneath his skin and the rapid beat of his heart. My touch makes him tremble, and a powerful feeling washes over me. Gliding my hand down lower, I brush my fingers over the dips and valleys of his defined abdominal muscles, marveling at this beautiful, chiseled specimen of a man. Malachi hisses when I wrap my fingers around the swollen head of his shaft, rubbing the pearl of precum I find there. He surprises me by brushing my hand away and kissing me sweetly. I'm gonna come if you touch me. But I need to come inside you. Fucking need it, Angel. His words make me shiver. I feel the urgency in his voice all the way down in my core. Malachi shuts the water off and scoops me up in his arms, practically running down the hall. 
I giggle and kick my legs out, gasping when he tosses me on his bed, soaking wet and naked. His massive frame falls down on top of me, but he catches himself with a hand on either side of my head. I wrap my legs around his hips, moaning when I feel his thick, heavy cock lay across my slit. I need you, Malachi, I murmur, leaning up for a kiss. Need you with every cell in my goddamn body. I whimper and nod my head, spreading my legs wider. I'm bracing myself for his monster cock, but Malachi surprises me by flipping our positions. He grips my hips in his large hands, steadying me and getting me into position. I look down at his dark brown eyes, so deep and full of emotions that are new to both of us. I can't believe he wants me. The look of awe on his face lets me know he thinks the same about me. I know, Angel. I feel it. I feel you. He lifts me up, guiding me over his hard length. I sink down just a little bit, gasping when the head of his cock spreads me wide open. My pussy spasms at just that small contact, a wave of wetness coating his dick, which helps me slide down a little more. Malachi hisses and groans in pleasure, giving me the confidence to take all of him. I gasp as he fills me up, stretches me out, and breaks through the last barrier separating us. God, Briar, he half whispers, half groans. You feel so damn good, baby. Take it slow. Malachi cups the back of my neck and draws me down for a kiss. It starts out sweetly, almost reverent. I rock against him making him growl into my mouth and pull my bottom lip through his teeth. His hands slide up my bare back, his fingertips leaving a burning trail as they roam back down. Malachi grips my ass, spreading me wider and helping me circle my hips. Fuck, I moan when the base of his shaft rubs against my clit. I feel my pussy contract as pleasure rockets through my body, Sitting up, I steady myself with two hands on his chest, clawing down his chiseled muscles as I lift up on my knees. I circle my hips again and rub the head of his dick through my folds, using it to massage my clit. Briar, Malachi grunts, tipping his head back as he slides his hands up my torso, cupping my breasts and pinching my nipples. I drop back down, needing more of him, more of this connection. Malachi continues kneading one breast with his hand, while his other hand trails down my torso. He slips one finger into my folds, rubbing my clit as I continue to grind against him. Oh, God, I gasp, throwing my head back. That's it, angel Jesus, that's so fucking it. This pussy is unreal. His words pull a moan from my lips as I lift my hands from his chest to tangle in my hair. Malachi grunts in approval, rubbing furious circles around my clit while I ride him, taking him as deep as possible. Each time he hits the end of me, the breath is stolen from my lungs. My thighs tremble and my muscles lock, bracing myself for what's to come. My entire body is strung tight, teetering on the sharp edge of ecstasy. Malachi anchors me in place, and fucks up into me in powerful strokes, taking control. 
I inhale sharply and hold my breath, the intense pressure in my core throbbing and consuming me, nearly choking me as my orgasm slams into me all at once. I freeze and then spasm violently, collapsing on top of Malachi as my climax tears through me. He growls and cups my ass, holding me in place while he fucks up into me, shoving his cock so damn deep, forcing me to feel every ounce of pleasure he's offering. I'm a sweaty, shaky mess by the time I come back down, but Malachi gives me no reprieve. He flips me onto my back and hammers into me, hooking his hand under my left knee and spreading me wide open. It's impossible, but I feel an orgasm fighting its way to the surface, threatening to swallow me whole. I cry out, twisting the sheets in my fists and bowing my back. I, I can't, can't come again? I moan breathlessly. You can, Angel, you can take it. Malachi takes my lips in a searing kiss, licking into my mouth and taking control. I'm completely at his mercy as he fucks me with his tongue and huge cock. I love being taken by him, filled by him, ruined by him. He growls into my mouth, the sound almost painful. Fucking hell, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come so damn hard. I cut him off with a scream as I splinter apart. I wrap my legs around his torso, locking my ankles behind his back. I cling to him as every nerve ending vibrates with deliciously sharp pleasure. I feel him swell up inside of me, stretching me impossibly wider. He roars his release, his bulging muscles tensing and releasing as he fills me up with his cum. Our combined orgasm stretches on for long moments as we hold each other close. Eventually, Malachi rolls over, draping me across his chest. What are you thinking? He whispers, kissing the top of my head. Are you okay? The panicked edge to his voice has me popping my head up from his chest. I kiss his chin and give him a dazed smile. I'm amazing, I tell him, the words coming out slightly slurred. Malachi chuckles his deep, rich timbre settling in my bones and relaxing every muscle in my body. Yes, you truly are, he murmurs, stroking a hand up and down my back. Tell me about you, angel. I huff out a laugh, blowing my messy hair out of my face. I guess we kind of skipped that part, huh? Malachi smiles, his brown eyes sparkling with a hint of gold. I somehow know his sweet, gorgeous smiles are just for me. We already have the important stuff out of the way, he answers easily. I already know you're mine and that you're perfect for me. We have forever to learn all the details, and I'll enjoy every minute. His words are so unbelievably romantic. I'm having trouble convincing myself they came from the dark, beastly man currently cradling me in his arms. I snuggle closer, tracing over the tattoos inked on his skin. Well, you already know my brother, I start, scrunching up my nose at the reminder. Malachi grunts and tightens his hold on me. Yeah, he wasn't always like this. 
between our father leaving and our mother chasing guys half her age around the country, it was just me and Stephen growing up. He did the best he could, you know? Malachi nods in understanding. I'm sorry your parents were selfish dickheads who left you. He spits out. I can't help but grin at Malachi's outburst. It's so like him. I love that I already know that. But that doesn't excuse Stephen's behavior. Has he ever done this before? No, I promise. This was the first time he's, well, you know. I don't want to say it out loud. Stephen really crossed the line this time, and I think I need to find a new place to live. I've bailed him out before, but this is a whole new level. Malachi nods, kissing the top of my head. My stomach chooses this second to roar loudly, reminding me it's been a while since I've eaten. Damn it, you're hungry. I should have fed you as soon as you woke up. It's not like I'm going to waste away after skipping a few meals, I joke, pinching my belly and hips. Malachi tips my chin up, those intense brown eyes bearing down on me. Thought I told you, you're perfect, he growls before claiming my lips once more. We break apart when my stomach rumbles again, and this time, Malachi actually untangles himself from me and climbs out of bed. I stare at his back for a second, drinking in the view. His muscles bunch and flex as he stretches, making my mouth water. I slide my gaze down to his tight ass, rubbing my thighs together to relieve the ache blooming between them. Gotta stop staring at me like that, Angel, he growls, looking at me over his shoulder. I shake my head no, then shriek with laughter when he turns around and tickles me. How this giant of a man is so sweet and silly with me, I have no idea. I only know I want more of it, forever. We eventually make our way to the kitchen, Malachi wearing sweatpants and no shirt, me wearing one of his shirts, no pants. I'm swimming in the thing, and I love it. How do you take your coffee? He asks, as I sit down at the small kitchen table. The chair is wobbly and uncomfortable, and I feel bad that he slept in it all night. Do you have tea? Tea, he repeats. Tea, tea, tea. He's opening and closing cupboards, frantically searching for tea. I grin at his dedication. Gotcha, Malachi exclaims, producing what appears to be an ancient box of Lipton tea. I try not to scrunch up my nose. Really, I do. But I can't help it. Malachi notices, setting the box down. Sorry, but you'll have to come visit me at my tea shop. I'll hook you up with the good stuff, I say with a wink. Tea shop? That fits you perfectly, he says thoughtfully. I can see you sipping tea, and you smell like flowers and rain and dirt. Malachi rubs the back of his neck and curses under his breath. Not saying you smell like dirt, you... Shit. I laugh, putting him out of his misery. It's okay. I like that you know my scent. Is that weird? Malachi starts to say something, but we're interrupted by a loud banging on the door. Go into the bedroom, he whispers sharply. Wait for me there, don't come out. 
I nod and dash into the room, closing the door and sitting on the edge of the bed. Listening carefully, I hear Malachi open the door and grunt something. The answering voice has the hair standing up on the back of my neck. Here, that's all of it. Stephen sounds exhausted and pissed off, which can be a dangerous combination. I leap up off the bed and rest my hand on the doorknob, carefully turning and pulling the door open half an inch. Through the small crack, I can see my brother hand a duffel bag to Malachi. I don't even want to know how he got the money. Malachi takes the bag, but I'm sure it's just so he can kick Stephen out and toss the heavy thing on his head. I'll walk out there and spit in Stephen's face after my man is done with him. I watch Malachi set the bag on the rickety kitchen table before unzipping it. My breath catches in my throat and tears burn the back of my eyes as he takes out piles of cash, counting each stack. He's taking the money. I back away from the door, stumbling over my own feet and tumbling down onto the bed. I'm shaking, numb, and reeling from the implications. That's it? What about all the stuff he said about being perfect and belonging together? Idiot, my rational brain hisses at me. Of course, it was all a lie to get me in bed. My stomach twists up in knots, and I swallow down bile. I don't realize I'm crying until big, heavy tears drip down my chin and onto my shirt. What was I thinking? Giving my virginity away to a man my brother owes money to? How stupid and gullible can I be? I leap up from the bed, needing to get out of here. I can't stand the thought of Malachi kicking me out. I need to leave before he gets the chance. See, I told you I'd get the money. Now, where's my sister? I cringe when Stephen mentions me, gathering up my things and changing into my clothes as quickly as I can. I stub my toe on the bed frame and bite back a curse, not wanting to draw attention to my location. Too late, apparently. Is she in your room? Stephen bellows. Jesus, man, I wasn't whoring her out. A sob catches in my throat, but I swallow down the painful lump, reality slapping me in the face. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Malachi slept with me to pay off my brother's debt, and now he's still collecting the money. I hear shuffling on the other side of the door, then yelling, and what sounds like furniture being thrown around. I can't be here anymore. Looking around Malachi's room, I spot a window with a fire escape outside. I don't have a fully developed plan yet, but I know I can crash with my friend Lachlan in her dorm room. Neither Malachi nor Stephen will find me there. With one last look over my shoulder, I shimmy the window open and crawl out onto the rusted metal platform. Taking one careful step at a time, I make it down to the ground, then take off toward the nearest bus stop, leaving my heart in Malachi's bedroom. Chapter 5 Malachi I check my reflection in the rearview mirror, grimacing when I see dark circles under my eyes. I look like shit. Fitting, since I feel like shit. After finally kicking out that motherfucker, Stephen, 
and telling him in no uncertain terms that Briar is mine to protect now. I stormed into the bedroom, needing to hold my angel. When I stepped into the room, all that greeted me was an open window. I stuck my head outside, just in time to see Briar run to catch a bus. My first instinct was to chase after her, of course. What was she thinking? She can't leave me. It just didn't compute. She wasn't hurt, and I know Stephen didn't go after her, so like the stupid oaf I am, I let her go for the day. I thought she might need some time after the intensity of what we shared. I grew a goddamn soul just so I could give it away to Briar. Now, I need to find her and make sure she understands that. I spent the night pacing around my apartment, stopping only to smell my sheets every once in a while, desperate for another hit of my favorite scent. Around 3.30 in the morning, I realized what a dumbass I was. Briar must have seen me take the money and thought I was done with her. I grit my teeth, suppressing a growl at the tightness in my chest. It hurts that she didn't trust me, but I don't blame her. Everything happened so fast between us, but that doesn't make it any less real. It took some research and light online stalking, but I found the tea shop where Briar works. Smoothing back my hair, I tried cleaning up my look a bit before getting out of the car. I look up at the little shop, situated between a clothing boutique and a bakery. I swing the door open, ignoring the looks from the patrons. I'm sure they don't see many six foot seven men with combat boots and tattoos walk through here. My eyes narrow in on Briar, who has her back turned to me. She has on a light blue cotton dress and a white cardigan. Her brown hair is pulled back into a bun, sitting on the nape of her neck. She looks so pure, so innocent. It makes my heart clench up tightly. My feet carry me forward, needing to be near her. As if sensing me, Briar turns around, her hazel eyes going wide when she sees me. They are more green than blue today, and I somehow know they are only this color when she's sad. It kills me that she thinks I'd abandon her or toss her aside. I'll just have to spend the rest of my life proving my devotion to her. I walk around to the other side of the counter, straight toward Briar. Her mouth falls open as she stares at me, but she doesn't say anything. I close the distance between us, then bend down and scoop up my angel, throwing her over my shoulder. Hey, she exclaims, finding her voice. Briar pounds her little fists on my back, but her fight is half-hearted at best. Excuse me, you can't just carry me away. Seems like I can, I respond, ducking into the hallway and making my way to what I hope is the break room. Briar huffs out a frustrated breath, wriggling against me. I tighten my arm around her thighs, then carefully set her down, closing the door behind us. What are you doing here? Briar asks in a bitter tone. Her hands are balled up into fists, resting on her hips. You got what you wanted? The hurt in her watery eyes is like a punch to the gut. If you knew what I wanted, you wouldn't have left. She scrunches her brow in confusion, and it takes everything in me not to kiss the crease. You, Briar, I clarify. 
I want you, only you, forever. Thought I made that clear. Some of the tension leaves her body, and she moves her hands from her hips, instead wrapping her arms around herself like a shield. But you took the money, she whispers brokenly. I did, but that has nothing to do with us. Briar rolls her eyes, but I press on. We didn't get a whole lot of time to talk yesterday, but I should have told you about my job as a bookie. Please, just hear me out. Briar gives a single nod, which is good enough for me. Like Stephen, my old man had a bad gambling habit. I start, clearing the emotion from my throat. I haven't talked about this to anyone, but Briar deserves to know my truth. She shocks the hell out of me by taking my hand in hers, squeezing lightly. I look into her hazel eyes, still green, but with a blue ring around the center. My girl has such a big heart, even when she's pissed. Anyway, I continue. He duped me into loaning him some money, which then turned into a snowball of debt. I didn't know how bad it was until some thugs from the Quintero family showed up at our place nearly 10 years ago. I swallow thickly, remembering the fear that rattled me to my core. They were going to kill him, I whisper. I was in my mid-twenties, and while my dad frustrated me to no end, I didn't want him to die. It was just me and him growing up. Briar steps closer, putting her hands on my chest. I close my eyes and tip my head back, covering her hands with mine. God, I've missed her touch. I get it, she murmurs. I nod, looking down at the beautiful angel. I struck a deal with the Gunteros. I told them about my job with the racing team at Sequoia University, and then I majored in statistics before dropping out to help my dad work his way out of debt. From that day on, I was to be the college sports bookie for the family. Ten years, or until the debt was paid. Ten years? Briar asks softly. I nod, then circle my hands around her hips, pulling her closer. To my relief, Briar sinks into my embrace. I needed the money from Stephen to clear my own debt. But never, not once, did I think you'd get the wrong idea. Angel. I love you. She pops her head up and gasps, shaking her head no. I nod my head yes and lean forward, rubbing my nose against hers. Yes, I murmur. I love you, Briar Lane. Never believed in that stuff until you walked into my life. It took me all of two seconds to fall ass over heels for you, sweetheart. Knew it the moment I held you for the first time. Malachi. She sniffles, I, I, I hold my breath, waiting, hoping, fucking praying for the first time in my life that Briar says it back. I don't even know your last name, she whispers, narrowing her eyes at me. I throw my head back and laugh, holding her close to me. She giggles, and all is right in my world. Malachi Salazar, I tell her. Briar laughs more heartily this time, and I don't even care if it's at my expense. That's like a supervillain name, she teases. Thought I was your Prince Charming, 
I whisper onto her lips before claiming them as my own. I groan into the kiss, running my hands up and down Briar's curvy little body and feeling every inch of her. She breaks our connection only to wrap me up in a hug, burying her face into the side of my neck. I've got you, I say softly, cradling my angel against my chest. I'm sorry I freaked out, she murmurs. It's okay, love. I know it was a lot, but do you believe me now? Do you trust that you're mine? Yes. Good, I grunt, making Briar laugh. When can I take you away from here and remind you who you belong to? She trembles in my arms, her legs pressing together as she lets out a shaky breath. God damn, I love how responsive she is. My shift ends in 10 minutes, but I think I can leave early if... I don't let her finish her sentence before tossing her over my shoulder again. She laughs as I carry her to the front of the store. I'm taking her home. I address the older woman behind the counter, who I assume is the manager. Yes, I can see that, she says, a twinkle in her eye. Oh my God, Briar, are you okay? Another woman around Briar's age runs up to us. I'm good, Lachlan, Briar says. Really good, super good. I chuckle, and Lachlan blushes before giving her friend's hand a squeeze. I want all the details later, she calls out. I'm already out the door before Briar can respond. I wake up in the middle of the night with an ache only Briar can satisfy. We spent all afternoon in bed together, breaking for snacks and sustenance in between orgasms. My girl is insatiable, and I love it. I wrap myself around her and bury my face in her hair, breathing her in. Then I kiss her neck sucking and nibbling the tender spot where her neck and shoulder meet. She stirs and moans quietly. I rock against her, letting her feel my need. Malachi, she asks in a half-awake, half-asleep voice. Yeah, baby, I can't get enough of you. I nuzzle her shoulder and slip my hand in between her legs, massaging her clit. I rub her swollen bundle of nerves, groaning when I feel her body spark to life beneath my touch. I hold her there, keeping her orgasm just beneath the surface. I feel it claw at her insides, making her whimper with each breath. Right before it hits, I take my hand away, moving it to her ass and spreading her cheeks. Without warning, I line up to her entrance and push her over the edge with one long, powerful thrust. She falls headfirst into her climax, screaming my name and soaking my dick with her release. I hold still inside of her, growling as I feel her orgasm ripple around my cock. M Malachi, yes, she chants over and over. I trail my hand down her body and blur my fingers over her clit until her pussy squeezes me so tight I almost pass out. I pull out and flip her on her back, wrenching her legs apart and slamming home. Her back bows off the bed, and her legs wrap around me, holding me close. Jesus, fuck, I snarl, before claiming her lips as my own. I devour her, 
biting at her lips and spearing my tongue inside of her eager mouth, licking up every inch and then sucking on her tongue. I slide one hand down her body and grip her ass cheek, changing the angle of her hips and helping her meet me thrust for thrust. My cock scrapes against her most sensitive spot with each fierce stroke. My balls draw up tight as my own orgasm gathers in the base of my spine. My rhythm falters slightly as I try to hold on, needing her to come with me. Get there, Angel. Need one more from you. I can't. It's too much. I've got you, Briar. Just let go for me. She sucks in a huge breath and holds it, her whole body trembling and then freezing. Briar floods my cock with her release, and I give her everything in return, my cum splashing into her throbbing pussy as she sucks down every last drop. Eventually, Briar goes limp in my arms. I bury my face into the side of her neck and pump into her twice more before collapsing. I roll to the side and drape my curvy goddess over my chest. She breathes out a satisfied sigh, and I press a kiss to her forehead. Love you, angel, I whisper. I love you so much, Malachi. My prince charming. Briar slips back into sleep, but I stay awake, holding my sweet girl and replaying her words in my head. She loves me. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life cherishing my girl and showing her how perfect we are together. Epilogue. Briar. I lean against the porch railing as I take a sip of hibiscus tea. The sweet and tangy floral taste wakes me up better than any coffee could. It's only eight in the morning on a Saturday but Malachi has been up playing with the kids for at least an hour. I smile, watching him lift our six-year-old Tabitha and place her on his shoulders. He runs around the yard, chasing our eight-year-old Tanner. The little boy laughs and runs around in circles, while Tabitha giggles and urges her dad to go faster. These three bring so much joy to my life. Malachi and I went down to the courthouse the day after he abducted me from work. Why wait? We both knew we would be together forever. We didn't need a big ceremony or a flashy reception. In fact, we both thought that would only distract from how truly precious our love is. My husband promised to show me every single day how loved I am. And so far, he's gone above and beyond he was able to part ways with the Quintero family about six months after we were married. We saved up our money and ended up buying a building together, turning one half into a tea shop for me and the other half into a mechanic shop for him. We're truly living the dream, and not a day goes by that I'm not deliriously happy and in love with my family. Malachi turns toward me, a big grin on his face. Those kids have him wrapped around their little fingers, and I have no doubt they've been trying to convince him to take them out for ice cream later. He sets Tabitha down, and she runs over to her brother, who tags her and tells her she's it. The two chase each other around while Malachi heads up the porch steps, a dark, delicious look in his eyes. Morning, Angel, he whispers, taking the mug out of my hand and setting it down. What are you- 
He cuts me off with a kiss so passionate, my toes curl in my slippers. Malachi winds his hands around my back, pressing me closer as he slides his tongue against mine. I'm breathless by the time we pull apart. Malachi nuzzles into the side of my neck, and I comb my fingers through his hair. What was that for? I whisper, still catching my breath. I just saw you standing here, all pretty and perfect. Needed a taste. I smile at him and bite my bottom lip. Couldn't keep your hands to yourself, I tease. Around you, sweetheart, never. You always get me revved up. I laugh as Malachi turns me around, pulling my back against his front. We stand there, me tucked into my husband's embrace while he folds his hands over my stomach, holding me close. I watch our kids playing and laughing, relaxing further into Malachi. I'd say this is the happiest moment of my life, but I know it will be topped soon. Every minute with Malachi is better than the last, and I know it will be that way for the rest of our lives. The End This has been Revved Up by Cameron Hart. Read for you by Mackenzie Cartwright. Welcome back. Hey, thank you so much to Cameron Hart for bringing us Revved Up this week. We loved having you on. Um, make sure to join us next week. We have a brand new book from Alexa Riley. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were going to take two weeks at Memorial, but we decided to throw one of our books in anyway. So we were like, you know what? Let's just do it. <laughs> so we've got Alexa Riley. We've actually got Unexpected Claim, which is such a fun read because it's a married couple, too. And the conflict in the book is that he's obsessed with her. So <laughs> it's horrible. I know how terrible. Oh my God. So bad. So anyways, make sure you join us next week for Alexa Riley's new book. And also, do we have a new book out right now? We should. Oh, we should have the force submission bundle out for sure. Oh, okay. Well, if we don't have that, we have the force submission bundle where we took the last three books and we bundled them and we've added epilogues. So there's additional content that's new in that bundle. And then we have the second book in the after, um, wait, no, I don't remember what's next. I don't know. I we forgot. started a new trilogy, but the trilogy's not done. The first oh, that's right. Books. It's the first one. Okay. The yes. They're in edits. The arrangement. So I yes. haven't got any of them yet. So they're okay. still in edits at this moment. Okay. All right. I have not Sounds received good. any of them to me. So <laughs> okay. I'm not promising nothing by next week. <laughs> I have not got a book back from edits from okay, even the first so round. Good. I know, right? <laughs> All right. But well, there we'll is a trilogy it. coming with a podcast edition for Oh, that's right. Yeah, we are going to do the fourth book on the podcast. They're all standalones, though. I say yes. trilogy, but they're each standalone. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because it's like royal a little bit for arranged marriage. So yeah. this is kind of fun. So Tell all right, that's go. it. Fuck your day up. Make you stay your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.